So, Matt, I've got an uh, important question to ask you. Hit me with it. Should the Nicki Minaj player model in Modern Warfare 2 have a different shaped hitbox? Right answers only. Let's go. Yes. Yes. And why is that? Because it's got to be realistic, and Call of Duty is always striving for realism. So, clearly, it needs to have a realistic hitbox. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, like, say somebody's playing the new pink Nicki Minaj and maybe they're hiding behind a telephone pole, for example. <laughs> <laughs> you see where I'm going Can with you this, hide Matt? behind a telephone pole normally as a normal character? So, say they go profile, right? Uh -huh, they're doing that, uh -huh. like, that sideways thing, you know? Yeah. I think there might be portions of that character model that may be visible. So this is news to me. I didn't even know that there was going to be... A, a Nicki Minaj character in Call of Duty. This is incredible. Well, I didn't know until last week. Oh, uh, did you not know at all? Uh, well, not until I saw your 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 uh, your comment here. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I think it's cool. It's appropriate. I'd play the character model if I could play COD, but I don't think they're gonna like make her like odd job. You know? Is it in the game already? I don't know. But I do know it carries over into Modern Warfare 3. So if you if you spend that Nicki Minaj there money now, you get her when the new game drops. <laughs> I love COD. It's perfect. They get to do things that the Battlefield that doesn't get to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't think people would stand for Nicki Minaj in uh, you know Battlefield World War II or something. I mean, they got Tom... It's not actually Tom Cruise, but everyone said it looked like Tom Cruise from Battlefield 5, but... That's besides the point. And that yeah. was criticized heavily as well. Yeah. Well, I think we should intro people to the podcast. Welcome to the Level With Me podcast. I'm Level Cap. This I'm, is Matimio. I'm Matimio, yes. He's Matimio. We haven't figured out how to do the intro. No, we have not. Do I intro no. him? No. Does he intro himself? I'm super famous on YouTube. He's super famous on Twitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how we look at it. Mm-hmm. You can look at it. Yeah. Matt's ego is out of control. Just give you a little background on him. And we're doing a weekly podcast here on Wednesdays. And we've already got some Patreon supporters, which I'm excited about because it now covers the cost of Autopod, which is a $30 a month subscription that edits our podcast for us. We're doing it. Super cool. This is we're doing it. We're making it, Matt. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. Uh, so last week was Gamescom. Tons of crazy stuff happened. I'm sure you were glued to the news and not playing Baldur's Gate and Armored Core 6. I'm, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was exciting news, but I also was glued to Baldur's Gate. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you're not wrong. I have, I have over 24 hours in Armored Core already. I'm, I'm loving oh it. Oh my God. Yeah. When did it even come out? How'd you get don't that many hours judge into me. it? Don't judge me. Don't criticize a gamer for being a gamer. How dare you? Yeah. I think one it came of our. It came out like Whatever. Thursday, so. Okay, okay. One of the fans wanted you to like do a deep dive into FromSoft games on the on the podcast. And oh, I was like, well, that would be a Matimio subject because I'm not a. I haven't played. I haven't tortured myself with the FromSoft. Okay. Difficulty. I'm games, all about you know? that. I love FromSoftware is my, my one of my favorite developers, hands down. I, Have they made a bad game? Debatable. Some of their earlier stuff like was a little rough here and there uh, before the Souls series, but I would argue that everything. I mean, some people think Dark Souls Two is a little rough as well, but 
pretty much it's just been bangers all the way all the way until now nice yeah nice so one of the things from gamescom that i've been following because it's just this it's this weird game out of left field nobody knew it was coming is the delta force game and we chatted about (laughs) it a little bit last week but we've gotten more trailers Mm -hmm. and a a really weird, it's a little awkward behind the scenes dev video on oh, the game. Oh, I missed that. I didn't I didn't know anything about that. It's hard to know because the devs are clearly English as a second language. Mm-hmm. So they're reading off a script that's like sounds like a oh, very so I'm so a- passionate about this game. And it just seems weird. You're like, is this super scripted or did somebody translate what they actually wanted to say? Yeah. And this is what it sounds like. But it doesn't seem like a traditional Delta Force game. It seems sort of like Battlefield meets Call of Duty meets some other funkiness in That's there. That's what I got from the trailer. Did they did they expand upon it in the in the video the the, the dev video? Um, the website expanded on all the the classes and stuff like. Oh, that so there's the classes. Okay. There's class. Yeah, assault, medic, recon, and engineer. Uh, or support, or something support? like that. Okay, I okay. don't know. It's basically Battlefield. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they have, uh, but the classes are like characters, so it's like 2042 Battlefield. Perfect, of course, because you always got to sell those cosmetics. Yeah, and then the game, the multiplayer game mode is, it sounds exactly like Frontlines from Battlefield. So okay, like so the pushing, push pushing forward. I love that yeah. formula, by the way. I love it. I do too. I mean, I'm for sure going to play the game because it's free to play. So, oh, I, mean, I didn't know it was free. What do you? Yeah, what do you got to lose to try it out? When I say I'm going to play the game, I'm going to try it. Your out. time. Yeah, that's true, that's and that's true. all we got. I. That's true, man. Well, I've got an after. I've got an <laughs> afternoon to give the game. I've there got you an go. afternoon to give it. I am yeah, excited I'm, to give it a try. Because yeah. even though it does look a little jank, and every time they cl- like cut, it looked like something was about to break, especially that helicopter animation. It's mm-hmm. it's in development. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a try. It does look interesting, and I always like larger scale battlefield style games. So I'm up. Yeah, I've noticed that some of these free to play games coming from other markets over to our markets have kind of figured out how to appeal to the Western audiences who don't want overly monetized or overly pay to win mechanics. Right. We are pretty adverse to that here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you played caliber, which is that third person. I did. It was okay. Yeah. And that one was free to play and it didn't feel overly monetized or like overly pay to win. So though I only played it one time, so clearly it didn't really grab me all the way yeah. but it wasn't bad but it just it just kind of felt like a standard third person shooter with tons i think they had like a hundred characters it was insane how many so many yeah it was wild which is kind of cool yeah you know it, it gives you variety there especially but considering I, had that game come you know what doesn't matter doesn't matter <laughs> just as having a hundred characters like league of legends and was the game just in development forever I think it took. I think it went to like alpha a bunch and got a lot of feedback and mm. and they okay. were changing stuff. Gotcha. But I don't think the characters are quite as uh, diverse as League of Legends. No, not like, even close. But still, you're not going to throw was, a hook weapon at somebody and pull them over. It's or still an FPS, crazy. or th- th- you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. 
So what are I, I see some of the things you wanted to talk about on here, Matt? Yes. Yeah. Um. Did you did you watch any of the Escape from Tarkov Arena gameplay? I did. I'm. I think it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I am confused by why it's thirty five dollars. <laughs> they need. I think they need the money. I do. Yeah. I'm because it's any other situation. People would be like, so this is an asset flip. Every other game like PUBG or whatever has the TDM modes attached to it that you can practice your FPS combat in. I'm, I'm remaining very cautious about it, but I do want to play it because I like the idea of Tarkov's gunplay in a more accessible format. Yes. I don't, I don't enjoy Tarkov because I don't want to run around for 15 minutes and then die to a sniper in a bush, you know? Right. Uh, it doesn't appeal to me. And I think a lot of other gamers feel that way. Obviously Tarkov's very popular, but I think there's a lot of people on the fence of like just jumping into it because it has that insane difficulty level. So if you take all that hyper realism weapon mechanics where you're bandaging yourself and the bullets don't penetrate certain types of armor and you have all different springs and different everything's that you can mod your gun with to get the performance the way you want. I know that appeals to a lot of people, just not necessarily the gameplay. So maybe it will do well. Maybe they can craft a cool like TDM-esque style game around it. But I don't know if the $35 price point is going is to Now, you do get it if you have the Edge of Darkness version of the game for free. Because the Edge of Darkness is like yeah. $100 or whatever. So you do it's get it with... $150, Matt. <laughs> I knew it was expensive. I didn't remember it was that expensive. Uh, yeah. yeah. So you do get it with that. And do since, you like, have the Edge of Darkness version? I do. Yes, because okay. um, a viewer basically was like, "You were buying this right now," and they just gave me a hundred dollars. I was like, "Okay, doing it." Um, but so that and a lot of the Tarkov community already has the Edge of Darkness, so this will just okay. be for. I wasn't aware because I I know that the base price for Tarkov is fifty bucks, right? It's so... a forty fifty somewhere around there. Okay. It's not it's not the full 60 70 like it is for everything else, yeah. Interesting. I'm not I'm not into the Tarkov world enough to know how many people bought the Edge of Darkness version or like what benefits come with it, but it just seemed like a a version this new thing the arena would be something that would be less accessible if they put that $35 price tag on it. But if everybody already has Edge of Darkness, then... Well, not everybody, but it, there is a good a, a big portion of the community that, that okay. has it. Yeah, Because while some people might argue it's not pay to win, it gives you a pretty big advantage in the game to have the, the higher version, at least yeah. because of your, your stash size, your... You've, you can you have um, a pocket that you can bring... You know you know, you know what the pocket, right? The, the alpha container? Okay, okay gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So... I didn't realize that that was tied to the Edge of Darkness yes. version. Yeah, that's why everyone gets it. It sounds like they're doing something similar with Arenas, where if you say you don't own the Edge of Darkness version, if you pre-order it, you actually earn 10% more currency in the game. So oh, I'm like, that's, okay. a, that's a pretty big advantage. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm curious to see... I, I, The thing that I think is going to be the most interesting is if they do integrate some of those lose your character type mechanics, because it seems like you buy characters in mm-hmm. the game, then those characters come with an arsenal of weapons that you can then use in multiplayer. 
but I'm wondering if those characters are permanent. Once you buy them, are they permanent or can you lose them? That would be more interesting, I think, if they actually integrated some of that Tarkov loss mechanics into a more traditional multiplayer. Yeah, but if it's supposed to be a TDM style or a game mode where you're getting in regularly, how would you incorporate that? Are you just constantly buying characters and then they're dying off? Or are you only able to... I, I... So that's well, the thing. Is, like is, maybe you keep the character for the match, and then depending on if your team wins or I don't. If, I don't if know. you lose, you just lose your character. I mean, yeah, it's possible. Maybe they're cheap, right? So you can just buy a whole bunch of characters. But and then, then you could like, argue why even have the the yeah, the penalty to begin with. You know, I'm yeah, just interested probably to see. Be permanent. I'm just interested to see if people will enjoy because I do enjoy the Tarkov's gunplay and and like what the, the tenseness of Tarkov. But that's yeah. the whole thing is the entire game revolves around the tense action. Yeah. And if you remove that because there's no longer as much of a penalty for getting taken out, right? Will yeah. will the actual gunplay and, and the gameplay, the core gameplay, be able to keep the arena interesting for long, uh, long term, right? You know where I'm going? Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that today also is... The appeal to Tarkov, it might look like the Milsim stuff, but I think a huge portion of that is also the risk factor. Yeah. Right? That that intensity. And so what do you have if you remove that? Well, you have um what's that Milsim shooter that was very easy to get into? Insurgency Sandstorm. Yes. Yeah. So we've already got some Milsims that make it super easy to get into that have the more realistic weapon mechanics. And they're not that popular, right? Granted, you could. Insurgency has done well over the years, but you're right. Yeah, but it's it's died off in popularity, and not a lot of other people are trying to mimic that formula, Mm -hmm. right? If Insurgency exploded, there'd be a bunch of copycats that are like, we got to get in on this market, but. I do think the name alone will carry it for a, a significant time. And it could just be a great place where people will just like, yeah, I really like Tarkov. And it's just fun to get in engagements and also learn the game because there's so many moments where you use a new weapon or you you try a new loadout and you just flail because you don't you don't know how it performs and yeah. having a place where you can use it against other players will be a really great maybe introduction not maybe introduction but a great way to to get better at just the core game itself because your character also levels up in arena and it levels up in the the game as well. Yeah, I feel like that feature in itself is going to become so crazy valuable to Tarkov players. Or, yeah. Or like, I don't want to try and level all my stuff in this crazy punishing environment. I'll do it in Arena instead. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. I'm I'm excited to try it out for sure. I don't know mm-hmm. if it'll hold my attention, but uh, it's cool that they're they're doing it. And we'll see if it's if that thirty five dollar price point actually hurts the amount of people playing it or mm-hmm. not. I'm excited. I want to give it a try. I like new FPS games, and technically yeah. it's not new, but you know. Well, in the same vein of Stalker, uh, of Tarkov, <laughs> I was going to say Stalker, because uh, Tarkov is arguably inspired by Stalker. A lot of games yes. were. Yeah. And the Stalker 2 demo was shown at Gamescom along with a new trailer for Stalker 2. Yeah. Did you see that? I did. And I liked what I saw, but it was also a clear downgrade in terms of uh fidelity yeah i i did like a deep dive on it and i read because they had a 15 minute gameplay demo at the event Mm -hmm. which you couldn't record or show anything from okay i was gonna say i don't remember seeing any of that 
Right. But apparently the trailer is from that demo. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people who played it said they really enjoyed it and they're really excited oh, for the full game after playing it. It's always hard to know, though, because you're just like, this guy's just so excited to be well, a Gamescom. They're, game, they're clearly there because yeah. they enjoy they're, or they're excited for the game. So that's yeah. going to that's going to rub off on them. It sounds like the gameplay is definitely going to live up to the original Stalker games. Oh, good. And that there might just be some kind of rough polish issues at the moment. I wouldn't be surprised, especially the circumstances that they're currently going through. Yeah, yeah. But they did push the game's launch back to Q1 2024. So that could be enough time to actually iron out those things. Because it was slated for a December release this year. Mm. And so it seems like they're pretty well anticipating, okay, we're going to need more time to lock this in. And, I, and I'd rather but, them push it back if they're not ready. Completely understandable. Though mm -hmm. it is, I mean, I, graphics don't really matter at the end of the day, but man, some of those trailers that they were showing off at the beginning were incredible with the lighting. They looked so good. They yeah. looked, it was wild. Having like a character walk and you would see the board like creak down. It mm -hmm. Like the technology was, was awesome. And so to go from that and then the trailer they showed off was like, ah, like I, I get it. I get it. But it's, it is unfortunate. It does bring up that that classic like no man's sky thing where the initial trailer is amazing yeah. or the watchdogs trailer i don't think it's going to be that to that extent no. at least i'm hoping that the gameplay will be there yeah. but i i hear you yeah well no i i know a decent amount about the unreal engine and what you can do from a pre-rendered perspective and from a gameplay perspective and if they're able to push the graphics as far as they did for sort of pre-rendered trailer stuff, mm -hmm. it means that down the road, they could potentially just leave those settings in there for people to unlock as they want. You know, like if we get oh. the, the RTX 7000 in so another like, like modding five and stuff years. Too? Yeah, for modding or just like down the road, we get twice as fast, three times as fast computers. They're like, oh, hey, you want to turn on these crazy visual <laughs> the settings now? The crisis effect. Exactly. Yeah. Ah, crisis. Even the remaster of that game didn't run well. <laughs> no. I remember I got a new PC in college, and I was like, yes, I want to test this game on Crisis because I hear it's incredible. And I got like 10 FPS, and I was like, this is so great. <laughs> you know what the problem with Crisis was? In that it didn't scale because they built the engine or the game around... Basically, the fact that CPUs were increasing their megahertz like crazy fast every mm. year. And that was the benchmark at which computers were getting faster. Then they kind of hit the cap at which they could increase the megahertz. They just oh. ran into actual physical barriers. And then they started going the multi-core route. Well, Crisis just wasn't scalable for multi-core stuff at all. So they were they were they were hard capped. Yeah, basically. So then the can it run crisis meme just lasted forever because people are like, I got this new Because you literally can't. Yeah, you just can't run yeah. it. <laughs> uh, and then even the remaster, for whatever reason, still ran like garbage. But I hope the modding scene does take off. If uh, I don't know if they've announced it. I haven't been paying that close attention. But yeah, it's going to support mods. Good, good. Because the original Stalker, like they have, there's literally mods where they, they, they're, it's like an entirely new game. The entire mm -hmm. game is modded, which is nuts. <clears throat> like well, I don't think Anomaly anyone plays that. the original games, really. They all play yeah, Stalker they all play, Anomaly. Exactly. 100%. Which I don't even know how it's legal, because it's like totally free. 
I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. But it's kept the community going, and that's been good advertisement for, for Stalker, too. Who knows how yeah. many they would be, like, would they really be selling that many more copies if there wasn't the... I would argue that they've, they've probably made more because of the mods than less. Hmm. Considering that you don't have to buy anything to play Well, Stalker for, like, Soccer 2 coming out. Yeah, I don't know if it's the same. I'd have to read into it. I know the company stuff might have switched around a little, and I'm I'm not sure if the if it's all of the original devs or some of the original devs or whatever. Okay, but it is an interesting story. I'm gonna have to do a deep dive into all of that stuff. I don't know if you've read the book, Stalker. No. Um, okay, and there's a movie for it too, which I don't necessarily recommend. I think you'd watch the movie if you love the book. But I wouldn't watch the movie if you haven't read the book. Okay. But it's a solid book. It on it as when I read it, I'm like, man, this is like top ten sci-fi books for me. It's, wow. It's very good. But what's interesting in the book, and this isn't really a spoiler, but in the movie, or sorry, in the in the game, it's based around like radiation from the Chernobyl accident and weird stuff happening in that zone. Yep. And in the book. It's sort of like it's explained in that they don't really know what it is, but they think it's like alien debris that like somehow hit the planet and started messing with our physics and the the laws of reality in those zones where the debris hit the zones. So it's not just the radiation. So is that what because there's all well, this alien talk going yeah. on right now in 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 uh, politics. Here we are go. We, Matt. We this gonna... is what I want to get into here, actually. <laughs> Let's just get the alien posters yes, up. Yes, the there we go. Out. This is this is no longer a gaming podcast. Now we're gonna go into into alien conspiracy theories. I'm here for it. Uh, me too. Dude. I'm excited for it. Here's the thing: is like everybody who brings it up in like those Senate hearings and stuff, and there's like a film producer associated with it. And we when he starts talking about it, you're like, oh no, like this guy's like a little kooky. But then the military dudes are like, yeah, we saw this thing, and it looks. Like, we don't know how to describe it. Yeah. I'm just going to describe it to you in military terms. This mm -hmm. thing was doing things that we can't do, and we're flying the most advanced aircraft in the world. So. I like how, like, no one's cared, though. <laughs> yeah, that's like the some craziest people, thing. People are just like, eh, you know, like, show me proof. Show me the aliens, and then I'll believe this is, you. This is my impression of, like, the average person learning about aliens today. You know, they'll be like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, you know, that's cool. Swipe left, yeah, swipe right, cool. whatever. It's, it is cool, uh, but once like we've heard this kind of song and dance for a while now, where there'll be some conspiracy theorist, and they'll be like, "Yeah, we have proof," but it's like, just show us, show show me the aliens. Show I me mean, them. like the dude in the Senate hearing was literally saying there are biologicals that yeah. were recovered. Show with them the to me, with level the spacecraft. Cap. Show and, them. Yeah, I know, I know. And then the senator's like, "Okay, well, like, who do we talk to?" He's like, "Well, we need to like do a like sidebar or uh -huh. whatever they do, you know." And you're mm -hmm. like, ah, "It sounds cool, though, man. It I'm does. surprised they're uh, they should make a game about like those specific types of like UAVs. I'd play it. Maybe you got to hunt them down in your F-18." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, there you go. Battlefield Three, you're taking off in the aircraft carrier scene, you know, and then you just go hunt down the little. Tic Tacs That's what the next something. battle should be. Battlefield Aliens. There you go. Oh, I'm playing. Dude. Yeah, some alien technology intermix, you know? I'd be down for it. I mean, they did 2142, which Why was not? like robots yeah. and hover hover things. Go for aliens, man. Why not? 
Why not? I mean, I'd, I mean prefer, I'd prefer another setting, but sure. Was that movie Battle for Los Angeles or something? I never saw it. That? I heard it was horrible. It was. It was terrible. But visually, it's probably what a Battlefield versus Aliens game would look like, mm. where it's all like military guys running around with their M4s and whatever. Getting and dunked on by aliens. Yeah. Well, oddly, they fight back pretty efficiently. So it was just like these guys traveled from a different solar yeah. system and they're like having firefights and, they're, and getting, losing. they're getting wrecked by M4s. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. It was. But that's what Battlefield versus they'll do it one day when they're creatively bankrupt. You know? Yes. Maybe. Oh, maybe that's what uh, Andrew Wilson, CEO of EA, was talking about in the recent earnings call when he said, it's going to be, what was the language? It was like reimagined experience or something like that. We've cracked the code. We've cracked it. Mm -hmm. It's aliens, dude. The best Battlefield alien movie, though, is uh, oh, uh, Live, Die, Repeat, Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, so good. They're making a sequel. I know. Well, I've heard that for rumor for like years. Are they actually yeah. making a sequel? I think it's I think it's one of those things where they have it locked in budget wise and then they're just waiting on like both those actors to become free. It is fantastic. I love that yeah. movie. So good. So good. Yeah, I, it is a top sci fi movie for sure. When you're just like, it's got great action, great narrative. Like you could do all this fun stuff with it. Yeah, cool characters. Groundhog Day, but with aliens and, <laughs> yeah. and like mech suits, uh -huh. you know? Yeah, like, and I think it resonated it. with me too because it, it reminds reminds you of video games. You just repeat the same level and until you beat it. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, you're yeah. totally right. You're like, oh, I messed up that time and got like impaled horribly, or like yep. got my skin burned off in an explosion. You just have to wake up with that memory every day. It's good stuff. <laughs> Sounds like PTSD ready to happen. Yeah, yeah. So my week's been my weekend's been interesting. A new Star Citizen patch dropped, oh. not for everybody, but for the PTU, which is the public test universe for the Alpha game. At the Alpha's I, Alpha. At first, I thought it was just released for a special, like you were part of like this elite crew of Star Citizen testers or something. Uh, they do have an elite crew, but I didn't sign up for it because it's all NDA stuff, and ah, I just don't want to. Like, I don't just... want to walk the line, right? right. I don't want to have have played something Rem and then try to remember to what was remember on and what wasn't mm -hmm. what I can and can't talk. It's just too much. Yep. Uh, some, some of the content creators do. And I'm just like, nah, cause then you also get in the weird slippery slope area of, and I remember this with like certain battlefield stuff where you, you're like trying to make a, a comment on what you think something's going to be like in the future. It makes and it feel like, disingenuous. No. Yeah. So yes. I just don't want to, I don't want to do it. You know? Yep. I hear you. Yeah. So I'm in the wave one and it's very buggy, but it's pretty cool. Buggy? Like, yeah, yeah. It's bu even buggier than before, Matt. But that's buggier than before? Weren't the servers just like exploding? Yeah. And it was unplayable for like a month? 2023 has been a rough year for the franchise, dude. That's, it's That's unfortunate. Yeah, it, they they tried to implement their new ground tech and it broke broke everything. And uh -huh. now 2023 is the fix it year for that new ground tech because they're not walking it back. It's like absolutely core to the future of the game. So like we just have to get it working and it's going to take a while. And you're like, OK. And so the game's been a bit rough for a while. Are they getting but, there? 
Um, I don't know. Here's the, here's the thing. So most of the budget, yeah. this isn't like confirmed information, but it's more or less public knowledge okay. that most of the budget and dev resources are going into the single player version of the game, Squadron 42. And Fair. sometimes assets from the single player will get ported into the persistent universe, the multiplayer version, and they'll look cool and stuff, but it's just not getting the same amount of time and features and time spent just on refining the persistent universe. And it does make sense when I look at it from an overall business perspective, because they did promise Squadron 42 at the very beginning. They have to deliver that game. And from their perspective, they're like, well, we got to we gotta finish the single player and ship it so we can get it out there and get it to the fans. And so they're just I mean, putting we saw most the, of we their saw the big actors years ago showing their performances. So long ago. Yeah. They had a, a gameplay vertical slice walkthrough in 2017 that looked incredible. I remember that. Yeah. And it's, and it's a lot later than that. 2017. 2017, man. Uh, a pretty wild stuff. So this year, Citizen Con is happening in October, and people are thinking that they might announce a release date for Squadron 42, and it might be like next year, but. I don't know, man. They got to do, they got to do something big. Um it, it's pretty rough, but the game is still funding the heck out of itself. It's got 600 th million, didn't it? 600 it passed 600 million in crowdfunding, which is man, what I would all do kinds is, what, of records. That's half a that's what more would than you half do? A, what would I would do? It? I would buy I would buy you level cap. <laughs> you could buy me I for would 600 buy you. mil. Yeah, damn that's right I lot. would. <laughs> that's I mean, my price comes way before 600 mil, but I'll pretend that, uh, yeah, 600 mil is the cutoff for me, for sure. <clears throat> I'd call I, you'd come live with me is what I'm saying. Uh, I yeah. don't know. That's like, it's unbelievable. I think it's now, isn't that the biggest funded video game ever? I think it's been and, that status for a while now. I Yeah. Not only has it been one of the, well, so it's kind of in this weird realm where not only is it one of the largest crowdfunded projects ever it might actually be the largest crowdfunded project you know outside of video games but it's also arguably one of the most expensive develop video game developments ever as well like they put starfield in the somewhere over 200 mil for its development cost that's and, uh, it's still a lot but yeah, right. I, I don't know how much GTA 5 was. A lot of these studios don't give specific numbers on it. And usually a third or more of that cost goes to marketing alone, you know, mm -hmm. where I don't think I don't think Star Citizen's putting as much into marketing, but they don't have to. It's, it's always in the news. Yeah, but they do make a ton of trailers and show That's off true. the game. So That's I guess true. that could be marketing yeah. to an extent. And they've currently got almost a thousand employees and they're aiming to increase the employee number to around 15 to 1700 which seems how do you wild. manage that i well they have tons of studios everywhere so my thinking on it is that the single player got so big that they had to divide the story into th i believe three episodes so squadron 42 episode one will be the first game okay and then they'll have like episode two and three so i think they just want to keep making those single players and developing the multiplayer simultaneously. So they basically just have to build out the teams even bigger, which is the That's only thing insane. I can think of that makes sense for trying to hit 1500 active employees for a single game. 
they bought an entire studio recently because they were working with the studio to develop a lot of the web side of Star Citizen. And then the studio got really involved in more of the game development side. And then they were doing so much work, they just decided. There goes my, my pick up the kids alarm. Sorry. Gotta go pick up the kids. Gotta go pick up the kids. And then they just decided to buy the studio because they had, I guess, all Because why money. not? You got, you got so much money. That is sort of a gray area for me, right? Imagine if you gave me like a million dollars to make a game and I'm like, I bought a studio, Matt, with like $500,000. You're like, I, but I paid you to make a game. You're like, yeah, but I need the studio to make the game. But now I own a studio. I don't know. It, it gets weird, right? Star Citizen is in a weird, weird place. Territory. Yeah. I just, I just, I wish them all the, the best. I wish that they just could get it, get it working. Yeah. Because the, the premise is fantastic. They just mm -hmm. got to get there. Nobody else will make this game. Of course Because not. it's too expensive and the ambition is too insane. But maybe, maybe with AI coming out and if that becomes more prominent and those tools can somehow fix the issues that are currently being plagued in this space, maybe they could do a lot of the work behind the, behind the scene, but... I don't I don't really know how AI would benefit the specific situations they're in right now, but I do think it's cool for video games. Have you seen the like interactive chat stuff? When I say when stuff? I say AI, I'm talking more of so you saw the Unreal presentation where they would show off like, "Hey, we've got a uh, a riverbed and Oh, yes. So I see what you're saying. AI is such a terrible term because it's not really it's technically yes. AI, but it's 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 generating landscapes for you, right? beautiful yeah. landscapes and it does it really well and quickly and you're not having to have someone just meticulously put everything down yeah. and hopefully it's well optimized so that kind of technology could then allow them to you know have their attention focused to the more system focused stuff you understand where i'm yes. going with that yeah yep yep i think it will and it's going to be more on the graphical side of things mm -hmm. The the main roadblock for Star Citizen right now is, without going down the rabbit hole, is the server meshing tech. Yeah. Where they're trying to say, okay, we've built this giant universe. How do we now get thousands of people into it as opposed yeah. to whatever their server cap is now? It's somewhere around 100 or something like that. I think they were messing with 200 at one point. I can't remember if they pushed to it or not. But yeah, so that stuff is not in the realm of AI, at least the, as far as I know what AI tools can do for them. But I am excited about AI in video games. Have you seen those demos of the uh, interactive chat NPCs in video games? Yes, I have, yeah. They're pretty cool. I find the, it is really cool. And I find, cause I, everyone, and I get why users are, and uh, artists and creators are really scared about stuff like this because People are, you know, they're, they're worried their job's going to be taken and stolen uh, by AI. Um, sure. But the idea of walking into a tavern in, in, you know, Elder Scrolls or whatever and saying to your microphone, like, hey, have what's going on in this area? And then they respond dynamically to that. Uh, sounds really cool. It sounds literally like the next step is that they can respond to you personally and dynamically based off of what you're what you're talking about i think that's amazing yeah can you imagine like witcher 3 or one of the elder scrolls games where you're just like i'm looking for a dude who's got you know black hair and he was seen 
doing these things around town and then people chime in, you know, and right. tell you and you have a dynamic conversation with them. That would take the role playing scene to like the next level. And that I know people crazy. have said that people would just try to break the system. And it's like, yeah, but you would just put, sure. I would, I have no idea how you'd program this, but you would just have parameters around, like they can only talk with about a topic within this parameter, you know, yeah. so you can't try to like, uh, romance every character in the game or have them <laughs> say, a, I'm you know, sorry, ridiculous Matt. things. you can't have a relationship with everyone in the town. I just want to be loved. Maybe you could. I just want to be loved. They're going to make that game too. Oh my God. They will. 100%. <laughs> it's probably already in development. It's probably out right now. It came out this week. It was announced at Gamescom, the the AI NPC romancing game. You know what would be funny about that is like all the nerds with no game would like just be failing. They'd be striking <laughs> out. All the NPCs turn them down. They're like, but I just want a relationship. Dude, it already, it's, that's already my life. Why would I want to play a game like that where I get shut down by everybody? <laughs> That would be great. It's like it's like uh, Elden Ring of matchmaking, <laughs> where you just you lose to everyone. Isn't that like, just okay. real life? It's, it's okay. You know what? I feel personally attacked right now. Sorry, I man. did just think though. So this is why it's the whole AI thing gets really murky because if you do have an NPC and it's talking to you, you would probably need to be voice acted. But you're not going to be able to have a voice actor have all the lines voice acted, so that you would need to use their voice and then use the AI to then recreate their voice in. So it's like, would voice actors want, and I feel like right now, they wouldn't want companies to use their voice in that manner yeah. to have them say anything because mm -hmm. that gets into, so it sounds really cool in theory. Is, as long is as that it's well, part of what the um, the actor strike is right now? I think that, that might've been part, of, part it, yes. of it. Yeah. Where they're like, Hollywood started digitally scanning all these like celebrities. Yeah, we'll give and, you a hundred dollars, and then yeah. we'll be you'll be able to use your image forever and all eternity and get wrecked. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, maybe if some like maybe for your records, and if that actor passes away one day, and you want to like, and they do agree to it. Yeah, and they agree to it, but like while they're alive and like taking their work from yeah. them. It's, yeah, that oh, one's man. It's creepy. It is creepy. I'm. I'm on the fence with all of this stuff because um, on one hand, I think the laws of economics and competition and free market and stuff will be like, okay, we have a company now that's using AI tools to make their video games twice as good as before. Well, the other company is going to be like, okay, well, now we need to outdo them. So we need to hire more people. It's all just th – I think the products are going to get better at the same time, if voice actors go out of work because we're able to fully simulate voices mm -hmm. using AI stuff, which is getting remarkably good now. It is. It's, it's, it's getting it's wild. Crazy. Uh, it's hard to close Pandora's box, and I feel like it's already opened. Yeah. The, the thing that really strikes me as being super useful with tech right now is the voice modulation stuff, where... I'm not a voice actor, and if I tried to do VO for my video game and everybody sounded like me, it would be terrible. Awkward. Yeah. Right? It would be awful. But because I can modulate my voice to sound like other people, all of a sudden I could play 10 characters now and you wouldn't know. Although they would have similar cadence, so you might be able to get one actually really talented character actor who can do a whole bunch of different cadences mm -hmm. and then modulate their voices 
to sound like different people. It does ultimately put people out of work. That's the thing. Is, maybe yeah. here's here's the counter argument though. Maybe it allows that three man dev team to now have a RPG with voice actors for all the characters in the game, which normally would have been relegated to a studio with a hundred million dollar budget. Right. You know. Yeah. So I don't know, man. It's slippery it's a because tough, it's a really like, tough spot. It's going to be pretty wild from here on out. Because you're right. There's a benefit of the smaller teams being it, it opens up so many more possibilities for that's the same true for like, you know, AI art is if you have an idea in your brain and you want to put it down on paper so other people can see it, but you're not an artist yourself and you don't have the funds to be able to accomplish that, then the AI, AI art sounds appealing. But also at the same time, it's AI, so it. Yeah. Ugh. Do you mean, ugh. Matt? Do you mean like the background of this podcast? <laughs> yeah. Well, we are getting a, a brand new one, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. In our so, I used AI to make this background here in a style that I ultimately wanted somebody else to make by hand. Right. So we and do we're have going, an artist and we're going to be that paying we are someone. paying money to make this background. And I sent him this background and said similar color tones and lighting and stuff, but I really like your art style and what you've done. So can you do it in your style, but kind of use this as reference. And that so, might be where yeah. it goes is people use is as a tool for a reference to put down kind of what they have in mind. And then they hire someone to be, to finish it off and make the, the final touches. But yeah. who knows how many people will really do that. Right. Yeah. And I've been open. I made a, a YouTube video a while back talking about making thumbnails with AI art, mm -hmm. which before using these it's tools, happening all over I was doing our, it our by, YouTube. yeah, I was doing it 100% by hand or my editor would do it by hand. Like it, people are doing it, but now it's like, it, it frees up more time for me, but it's also a thing where it just doesn't do everything I want it to do. I can't sit there and be like, can you change that a little and move that over there and do this? It's getting better, but it's also at a thing where I can use it for some stuff and then it's super limited. And then on top of that, you have Photoshop, which is what everybody uses to make their thumbnails, right? Or what's the other program? There's a freebie, freebie version of it, but Photoshop now has AI tools built into it. So you can, if I took a picture of you standing in a forest, you know, Photoshop will know how to cut out the background and isolate right. you using their better AI tools. So yeah. it's all, it's all coming together. So the graphic designers who would do your thumbnails anyway, are going to be using AI tools because they're going to be using Photoshop to make your thumbnails. And they'll be mm -hmm. like, well, I can make it faster and better using these tools. So maybe they'll just make more thumbnails in the know. same time that yeah. they could I really, make I really don't fewer. Know. Yeah, it's going to be it's, a, it's, it's interesting. Stressful. It's a stressful time for creators in the in in these industries. A VTuber is going to take your job, Matt. They've already. T are you kidding me? Have you seen Twitch? They're everywhere. They've already they already have. Yeah, I have seen some of them. Uh, are they the are they getting really popular now? Oh, they're pretty. Po yeah, there's a lot of VTubers now, which is cool. I hope I hope they don't take my job. I kind of like my job, but. Now, when you say that, do you mean somebody that's completely fake or somebody oh, that's doing no, an animation over there? There's an animation. Yeah, it's not a okay. not a complete no. Oh, so you're gotcha. saying one day AI is just going? Everyone's going to be watching. Yeah, well, I would they like do to have hope... some profiles that are people that don't exist. Yes, yeah. like 
this is completely based on somebody that's not there and we just tell it what to say and do and then it I would like to think that there will be some novelty to that and I do think there probably will be some AI that's that is unrecognizable you just think it's a real person but I'd also like to think that once people know that it's AI that people will try to go after content that was created by a person cuz there's cuz it's it's a real person hopefully there's like there's yeah. a little bit of that inner you know that connectedness to it and it's not but just But then we but then we got the NPC fad going right now man yeah, you know they want people acting like like NPCs robots. and that is some weird stuff that man. is that's a whole other can of worms <laughs> it really is man i love the internet you know it just uh -huh. exposes all these things that you're like i had no idea this existed and now it's taking up a significant portion of my thoughts i'm like what yep how okay <sighs> well we are doomed, but in the meantime, <laughs> uh, what do you think about, I know you're going to play it, obviously, but what are you thinking about Starfield, man? It's coming out on the first, right, for pre-orders? Yeah, for pre-orders. Super edition, mm -hmm. super edition people? Uh, I mean, I'm going to play it. I'm trying not to get too hyped. I don't think there's any, been any reviews. There might be reviews by the time this podcast goes live. I've but... seen some reviews out there. I don't know if they're leaked or... They may be I don't leaked. Know. I, I don't know like what the NDA time is. Okay. But they're reporting that it's the least buggy Bethesda game ever, which is kind of an odd title for a, a, head, a headline there. It's but, an embarrassing brag if you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the least buggy. It's like, okay. But uh, yeah. supposedly they've got like a, you know, they have all of Microsoft behind it right now trying to QA test it. So I'm um, keeping my fingers crossed. Uh, there was an article headline. There, I think it was an executive at Bethesda said that it takes 130 hours for the game to really get started. And my first thought is, you've got to be kidding me. How is that appealing? Like, I know there, there is this, like, a, a subset of people that that's what they want. They want to just lose their self to a video game. But I hear 130 hours and I just get exhausted. Yeah, I, I try and think about it where I'm thinking... Is this my opinion as a content creator or is it my opinion as a gamer? Because right. no content creation and streaming affects how you view games to an extent. True. Where you're like, oh, when I play Star Citizen, I get super annoyed when it takes me like four hours to capture anything I can use to make a video with. True. Right? And so that does I affect that your enjoyment. Judge. Yes. Yeah. It affects my, enjoy my enjoyment, my judgment of the product. So I try and be aware of that. And if I was somebody who just loved to sink into one game for a long time, then maybe Starfield would appeal to me. And that's what Baldur's Gate 3 has been for a lot of people, and me included. I have over 100 hours in that game, and it just came out a couple of weeks ago. So I'm not opposed yeah. to the idea. But, but you're I, probably hitting some of the high points well before 100 hours, right? Right. So this, 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 apparently he did like 80 hours of side quest, and then he did like 50 hours of the main quest. It's like, but then there was also Todd's Todd Howard said it takes 30 to 40 hours to complete the main story. So I don't know what is going on with these hour numbers being flown around. I, I have, I have no clue, but I am thrilled to jump in because I, I, I like RPGs. Yeah. I will say the graphics look a lot better than the initial stuff that they were showing off a couple of years ago. And the gunplay looks interesting now. Looks more competent. You can like jetpack around mm -hmm. and 
And it's not just basic corridor shooting stuff where, you know, Fallout's gunplay I found super boring. Yeah. But this looks way more interesting. So if they're going to try and eat up that many hours, hopefully having all the different mods and ways to approach combat will will add to it. I just want to build a cool spaceship, man. I think yep. that's like 90% of the appeal to me mm-hmm. right now is just... Is just Legoing together my spaceship to look like. I'm interested to see how much the space, the spaceship itself, and the space gameplay is integral to the like the story and and how focused it is on the game, like the gameplay loop, right? Like, can you just just the planet stuff? Yeah, is it just literally a cool way to transition? Maybe there's a couple of missions here and there where you actually use the ship. Do you need to have different ships for different situations? Like, I'm gonna go in and, and. uh, move cargo for a, a quest is another one going to be focused on uh, combat. How is that all going to work? I I haven't been deep diving into any of their videos, so they may have explained it, um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think of it either because they showed off the like Optimus Prime spaceship, which that was somebody cool. built, which was neat, but at the same time, a lot of the art in the game looks is inspired by NASA and real rocket ships and yes. real space exploration. And then they're like, here's Optimus Prime. Well, I think that's what's so fun about these RPGs is it's, it's a sandbox. You can do whatever you right. want. You want right. to be, you can, you, I think there's a, cl- it's true. a starting class. I can class. make the Rocinante if I want to make the Rocinante. Yeah. And you can make Pikachu if you yeah, want to Yeah, why not? Pikachu. It's a single player. Do whatever you want. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I think for me, I was hoping that there'd be a little more sim behind it. Where I don't think there is. Yeah, and from the gameplay, it looks like when you're flying through space and shooting, it looks very, very basic. And I I did read a leaked review that sort of echoed some of that stuff Okay, and made a, a lot of comparisons to No Man's Sky, which concerned me a little bit because I can't play No Man's Sky for more than 30 minutes before I just want to like throw my monitor off the table. And I know lots of people like what the game is. or... I think that's it. I think it's just because it's just this kind of lame task oriented gameplay where it's like, collect a bunch of this now, collect a bunch of that now, collect it. And I'm like, Holy crap. What am I, when am I going to do something fun? Right. And I, well, you don't, you don't like sucking up materials on a deserted <laughs> planet with there's no? neat stuff there. I like, I like that you can like burrow and make caves and build stuff, but the, it's all very it's surface. Some, it's all very surface yeah. level. It doesn't. It doesn't really lead to anything. So you can make a cool base and you can do stuff with it. I think they did add in a freighter ship. Like you can have like a giant ship that becomes like yeah. your home base, which is I, really. I cool. haven't played since any of that stuff was added to the game. So yeah. maybe it's way better. But if Starfield echoes a lot of the same notes, essentially, you just don't no want Man to be Sky, I'm going to be yeah, yeah. You yeah want, I you want, want some complexity I want those and some depth. Thousand to worlds to mean something. I want them to be interesting. I don't want to see the same uh, our auto-generated base pop up on a over different planet. Over and over and over you know? again. Like mm-hmm. that's going to really suck some of the fun and the. I'd rather a much smaller game that's handcrafted versus a giant game. Well, that's... you are going to get. Some handcrafted, but sure, sure, without a doubt, there's going to be auto generated. I mean, there's a thousand planets, yeah. I want them to, uh, do you remember Spore, Matt? I want them to I be able played. to create the aliens. I want players to be able to design their own aliens, <laughs> be cool, and, po- and populate the worlds. Why with not? All the, yeah. uh, do you do you remember the Spawn, Matt? Do you remember Spawn? Spawn. <laughs> 
<laughs> shortly after Spore came out, as in the day of, uh-huh. the entire universe in which it was populated by other players' creations started to consist of nothing but phallic aliens. Oh, that's where Just, it... Well, okay, I had a feeling that's what you were... What it, okay. Yeah. That doesn't Actually, surprise me. Speaking of which, the latest What do you mean, spaceship... speaking of which? Speaking of which, Matt, the, the heart of what this podcast is <laughs> about... Do we have, like, a about... sponsor or something? Like, what, where is this going? <laughs> uh, Matt, Matt really enjoys Blue Chew. And, uh... No. <laughs> I was like, where is we going with this? I would like to get them as a sponsor, actually. Blue Chew, if you're out there, you know, uh, Matt and I are willing to test your product. Just because not to we're get, boomers. Not together, but, you know. Just, just because... for fun, not because we need it, okay? Not that there's anything wrong with that. Right. And Matt, your face just, you're like, oh, God, level. Should I ixnay on the ixnay? <laughs> There was a oh, lot of commercials. Where was I going there was, before I you no interrupted idea. me on my phallic Apologies. journey? Apologies. I think you were about to reference something with... The new spaceship in Star Citizen looks just like a dick. Oh. And the radar, the little shield generator thing is like, it's very... Is it very There's Austin no Powers mistaking like? it. Exactly like that. And uh, the memes will be endless. And it's it's fun. Also, the main feature of the spaceship is that it grows in length. When you hit the transform button, <laughs> I don't know. Did how they this do it? Is they did accident. it intentionally. They had to do it intentionally. I don't know. What I think happened is Why like does it the extend? concept. What, 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 I what think is the somebody point drew it from a certain angle for the concept art, and then everybody was like, "Yeah, that looks great." And then as the modeler is making the ship, he's like looking at it from top down, and is like, "Guys, uh, well, we're four hundred hours into designing this ship. Uh, we just got to keep going at this point." <laughs> Perfect. I love it. It's going to be great. That's great. <clears throat> yeah. Do you know what Too the ship is jokes. called? The uh, whole sea. Yeah. I don't know. You know there's a whole, there's a entire line of whole series. So it goes from whole A to whole E. And then the running joke was like, if you like the whole oh, C, whole. wait. I'm thinking like a whole, like a whole. Yeah. Sorry. H U L L. I got gotcha. you. So. Yeah, the running joke is like, if you like the look of the whole C, wait till you see the whole E, you know, because they just get progressively bigger. Gotcha. But, yeah. So it's just going to be nothing but Dixon space pretty soon. You know, that's fine. Whatever. It's <clears throat> like um, it's like Bezos's Blue Origin rocket, you know? Yeah. He just made it look straight up like a wiener. You're like, okay. <laughs> it's aerodynamic, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> If we're gonna send something to space, you know, may as well send why, something. Why? Why not? Else. Yeah, yeah. It's all ego driven these days, right? Mm-hmm. So, are you gonna do 130 hours of Starfield, or depends on if I'm having 130 hours of fun. I yeah. I mean, I basically did that for Baldur's Gate, so why not? If, I, if as long as I'm having fun, I don't care. But if I hit like yeah. a wall, because it's what happened with me in in Skyrim is I put 60 hours in, I beat the game and then I was exploring like crazy. I hit the 60 hour mark and then I just fell off. I was like, okay, I've done, you know, I've done everything I want to do. I, I could explore more and there could be some fun stories, but it, you know, depends on yeah. if I'm just enjoying it. Fair enough. So you're going to be trying it, aren't you? Yeah, uh, I am going to be trying it. I'm almost, 
it's hard as a content creator too, because I hear that hour mark and I'm like, man, I want to play it and I want to absorb it, but I also need to make content and play my genre of games and make sure I'm hitting the the different game notes. So I'm almost worried about it. When Diablo Four came out, it it hit my content hard because I was like, well, I so could make a video mm-hmm. or I could just keep grinding Diablo Four, you know, and it just it went off the rails, but. I am excited for it. What do you think about like this time right now, the amount of good games that are coming out and about to come out is insane. I don't know if I remember any time in the last 10 plus years that's been this saturated. It must be sort of pandemic related where like I'm sure it is. Stuff got backed up for a while and now it's all coming out at the same time and devs are just like, "Please buy all of our games." And somebody's like, "I've only got 60 bucks, man. Like, and I'm buying, I'm buy and I'm buying all of them because it's been incredible. You're right. It's, yeah, I'm loving it. Uh, even, even like, it's not even just AAA games. It's, it's indie games. It's AA games. Like there's going to be a bunch of uh, Dark Soul clones coming out that are re- looking really good. Like Lies of P and I can't remember the other one off the top of my head for some reason. So uh, Lords, of Fa- Lords of the Fallen. And it's just mm-hmm. back to back to back to back. And it's, it's a good time to be a gamer, but also wallets hurt. Yeah. And I guess from the non-content creator perspective, you buy your game now for 60 bucks and then a year, half a year goes by. Some of these games are going to be on sale. You pick them up later Mm -hmm. or you buy a better computer in a year and you're like, now I can play that crazy game that looked insane and would have killed my computer. Yeah. I'm kind of, you know, I don't get to talk about that many non-action first-person oriented games on my youtube channel because that's sort of the audience that i've built but one of the games i'm looking forward to a lot is homeworld 3 i don't know much about it but that one comes out soon correct yeah homeworld 2 must have come out i think it was still like a 90s era game it's it's an old franchise but it did space rts better than any other space rts uh, for its time. I know there's bunch of, been a bunch of cool like Sins of a Solar Empire and stuff like that that have really gone crazy with Space RTS, but in terms of actually manipulating and controlling a space fleet in a really important way and having combat that feels and looks real, they kind of knocked it out of the park. And then I think what happened with the franchise is two different companies ended up owning different parts of the IP and they could never get together and decide to make a game for whatever reason. So the whole homeworld thing just died forever. And then I guess a studio, I didn't, this is me trying to remember a very old story. So I could be off on some of these details, but then I think eventually one studio came into ownership of all the homeworld rights again, and they started producing it. They are, they did make a mobile game, which I didn't try out because I'm just not interested, but Uh, I am excited about Homeworld 3. Like, the story behind it is very Battlestar Galactica, where, like, I think Earth in the original game is, like, destroyed, like, right at the start, and then it's about finding a new world for the fleet of people who survived. Now, how do they handle the 3D space? In the first game, they just give you controls that allow you to change your elevation. Just go up and down, huh? Because, like, in in StarCraft or other real-time strategies, it's just you're top-down and it's just... You're yeah. clicking on a on a 2D mm-hmm. space, so it makes it more manageable. But if there's a 3D space going on, 
here's here's the thing about it and i can't remember for sure i need to look into this more because they did launch some new gameplay for it at gamescom and i haven't watched it yet but i think they might be backing off a little bit with some of the extreme depth that you could get from it Mm. before because it turned out it didn't really add much to the gameplay where and maybe some people will disagree with me on this but if a fleet is attacking you from like up above versus down below versus from behind, rarely are they going to catch you off guard enough that it's going to kind of mess with you. You can you can kind of simulate the exact same mechanics in a 360 degree angle in a 2D planar environment where, okay, I'll attack them from the left instead of the right and they won't be prepared for that. It's you can sort of replicate most of the same strategies without. I mean, it would give you potentially 3D. another frame, uh, another plane to flank, but yeah. I, I, I've never played, so I'm only speaking from yeah. ignorance. In my opinion, it didn't add that much to the original games, and we'll see what they do with the current ones. But it does seem like a lot of the levels are designed a little bit more planarly, where like if you're going to go under or around, it's more set up for that as opposed to just like. Let's drop our whole fleet a thousand kilometers negative versus and positive. Like it just, it. I think it added just too much to like traversal time and stuff. Where you're like, I'm gonna do this massive flank strategy, and then you're just moving a fleet for like an hour, you know. So, <laughs> and it doesn't we'll pan out. Yeah, but the I think you would like it just because the audio, the sound design in the original game is fantastic. Really good score. I'll probably give it a try. Yeah, like I mean, I'm down for I mean, stories. Geez. Yeah, I, I I play all sorts. I mean, I play Armored Core. Apparently, I've been playing sci-fi. Is the theme lately with all these space? You know, that that's that's the theme with all these games is uh, science fiction. But Armored Core, I tried out Skull and Bones. The beta finally was playable, and you could like stream it and stuff. So that was uh, that was is fun. Is that the the Ubisoft game? Yeah, it's. So, I didn't realize that the beta became playable. Okay, so it's it's over now. But there was a close okay. there was a close beta um, that people could actually show off. And it's wild to think that that originally was going to be DLC for Assassin's Creed Black Flag all the way back in oh. 2013. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know it was going to be DLC. That's wild. Yeah. At least according to my friend. And then in 2017, I think it became a standalone. And now we're in 2023 and it's still not out. And it may not even come out this year. I think they're aiming for this year. But that has had a, the wildest long ride. Uh, yeah. Here. It's interesting about that because there's a lot of parallels with what that game's trying to do with like say something like Star Citizen where when you try and make a massive game that needs to have multi multiple people interacting on like vessels moving around through the world and have all the net code like work out well and it gets really complicated, I think, and then I think they run into a huge amount of technical issues. I think they also ran into how do we make this fun? It's mm. you're just on a ship, and was, there's did, no there's a lot no of boarding. Say there's no that first Black person. Flag had I didn't um, play it too much, but like I didn't play it at all. But okay, <laughs> but the piracy gameplay and that people talk about it being fantastic. Yeah, they, they so enjoyed it. Maybe that's sort of the premise is like you do that. I mean, what's the other pirate game? that's out right now that sea of, thieves? Play. sea of thieves right it would probably be borrowing a lot of that with a more serious tone. well it is more serious but in sea of thieves you are a cog in the machine of the ship right and it's also yeah. more basic in the sense that you're you know you're just 
drive, you know, uh, steering along and sailing along. And this, you, it's only one. So one person controls the entire ship. While in Sea of Thieves, you're you're manning the cannons, and then you're going and you're trying so there, to bail you water. Can't, you're not co-oping ships. There's in no black flag. No. So if you have, if you're, oh, if you're with that's a friend, disappointing, actually. right? So this is, I think this is what they, they the issue they ran into is they weren't sure how to make it work. Uh, I and, thought and, the and, whole premise was to do a co-op. No. So you're you're oh, just by man. yourself. But it, <laughs> what's fascinating is that they're going for it to be, you know, it's a pirate game. You know, it's kind of gritty. Sure. But there is uh, healing weapons. So you can you have a cannon and you can shoot a healing mortar onto your teammate. And if, if you hit your teammate, it will heal their hull for like 800 health or whatever the whatever the amount is. But then you also can have builds where you can tank a lot of hits and you can get up in their face and deal like fire damage. Uh, mm -hmm. You can ram them like there's they're going to more. It seems a little route. weird with it the is healing weird. stuff, you know, because you're it like, is. I'm the healing pirate ship. You're like, you remember those from right, Pirates of right. the Caribbean? Like, what are you talking about? So I don't know how it's going to play out, but I did do a little bit of PVP with a friend and I, it was, it was fun. Like there was like all these yeah. people everywhere and uh, I was being chased but at the same time. I was trying to take out someone else's sail so that they, they became essentially disabled for like 10 seconds. So they couldn't chase after me. Or if we were chasing after someone else, getting a great shot off on their sail to disable them. That sounds really... cool. And then, and then they would come on in and, and, you know, ram them while they're, you know, sitting like a, a basically a sitting duck yeah. and flame them. It's, you know, it sounds, I kind of take back some of what I said earlier, because w with a pirate game, you think of one-on-one -on -one ship combat yeah. where you're like, oh, okay, they're going to both broadside each other. And then people are going to swing on ropes across and you're going to sword fight. But in naval warfare of that era, it was like they're called ships of the line because they would form these lines. Mm. I don't know if that's true, but that's what I always thought it meant, uh, where they would form these lines and then they become these very strategic formations. Uh -huh. And if another formation approached them, they would be in a really powerful like position to like just absolutely lay waste to the first ship that came in. Right. And so they had all these sort of strategies based on multi-ship combat, obviously, fleet-based combat. So if they're going that route, that sounds kind of interesting. Like, I think it, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with naval warfare. Like, I I love World of Warships. It's one of my favorite games. Positioning comes uh, into play where, because obviously, so you got cannons on your front, back, left, right. And mm -hmm. so you, you need to position yourself where you want to make sure that you're not getting hit and leaving yourself vulnerable. But you can, if you're like in between multiple targets, you can switch between your left and your right very quickly. Shoot, shoot while they're reloading, maybe hit someone in your front uh, if you're being chased. So you're constantly trying to position yourself while being able to do enough damage to come out on top and take out multiple targets. So it's got some cool mechanics and there's some enjoyment there. I just am worried about like long-term yeah. enjoyment. Like, will it be able to last? Cause you're also going to it Will it be as fun to see if thieves, which is already out there, right? Yeah. And it's kind of capturing that pirate market mm -hmm. to an extent. There is going to be fortress, so you. <laughs> the it was only the early stages, so I don't know what the end game fortresses are going to look like. But you essentially mm -hmm. pillage uh, cities, and so there'll be like a big city, and you'll have to take out their fortifications and walls and 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 their towers, and then they're going to be reinforced by uh, ships, so you have to take them out as well. 
And I could see that being engaging and having them essentially be like boss battles, kind of, where you have to mm -hmm. maybe come in with a team, not like a raid, but just with a couple of friends to, to take them out. That could be a lot of fun. I don't know. It's it's a game and it's not as it's bad as I thought it was going to be. Right. It's mm -hmm. very different, which is, I think, something we need from AAA studios these days, because I think they're very creatively bankrupt right now. They're just like, please, indie devs, come up with a cool new <laughs> franchise hit that we can steal from you because well, we not, don't know what else to do. You're not excited about the new Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 that's just going to be remastered versions mm. of Modern Warfare 2 maps and that's it? I, I couldn't believe that they were doing, like, I was writing the story on it and halfway through writing like the little news blurb on it for some content, I was like, wait, isn't Modern Warfare 2 the last game? Wait, what's happening right now? <laughs> like... I, I must have something wrong. I had to like triple check it. I'm like, they're doing them back to back. What's happening right now? It's just yep. like, well, uh, it's so weird. I'm assuming, I don't think they've come out for the reason, but they announced that there was going to be a lull in between. There's going to be, they were going to stop their whole yearly cycle for COD. Mm -hmm. So this was going to be a off year because a lot of the focus would be on the live service for Modern Warfare 2 because they assumed that that game would be kicking ass. But it sounds like it's, while it sold like hotcakes, everyone was on board at the beginning. It's really fallen off on their player count, to yeah. my understanding. Okay. And so then they're like, well, we got to make a new game to make money now. So they had to rush. And that's why we're getting Modern Warfare 3 so quickly. And why they're just remastering old maps, because that's just faster. It's a theory yeah. that I have. <laughs> and it seems reasonable. I think this is your unique theory that you have, and uh, you should really tell people about it. <laughs> it's a good thing we're doing this podcast so people know. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting, man. What do you do? You think we're gonna have the same COD and Battlefield scene in six years from now? Do you think they're gonna be cranking out titles at the same rate? It's it's hard to know if the genres are changing too much or players' interests are changing too much to make the same games at the rate that they're making them. I I mean, I don't think Call of Duty is going anywhere. I do think that Modern Warfare 3 is going to be, like, it's going to sell. It's COD, but I don't think it's going to be as popular. They're, like, the next year is going to be the big COD because they'll have dev time on it. Battlefield is up in the air. Yeah, we have no idea what that next title is going to yeah, be. Yeah, I, I literally no idea. Clueless. Yeah, I yeah. I don't know. I I'm confident that Call of Duty is going to be around for decades. I I don't see that it's not going to die. They'll they'll evolve it as they need to, right? Right? Because COD is, I mean, it mostly seems like it's about Warzone now, right? Yeah. Where before battle royales were a thing, which was not that long ago, it was all about the normal multiplayer stuff and getting your your nukes and whatever, right? <laughs> but your, Battlefield, your... it's I have no idea. Cause if the next th game yeah. is a if the nef next game is a flop, they could put it on the back burner like they did with Medal of Honor. It's like, well, this just isn't working anymore. But it's Battlefield. Yeah. Like how could I don't oh. think I think unless they really monumentally screw up, which I don't think Vince Ampella is gonna let them do. I don't think so his, either. His name's attached to it. I think they can they can do it because there's I think of anything that the market is showing us right now is that there's a huge demand for games like Battlefield because they're cloning them and they're making variations of them and battle bit. They've got the squad and the the World War Two version of squad. Uh, Hello, and, loose. 
Yeah, and a whole bunch of variation. There's a bunch more of those games, right? And they all have player bases, and there's all people that want to play them. So people are building all these little games around the Battlefield franchise because the formula is fun and entertaining, and they like it. So, and nobody's really been able to recreate the exact Battlefield formula, despite lots of people trying. They just kind of come close and then fail or miss this key ingredient. And DICE has been the only company that's been able to sort of recreate that. So as long as they can just kind of stick to the basics, I think they have a pretty solid franchise for quite a while. It's just whenever they go outside the basics of like, uh, let's make them heroes, you know, uh, let's, let's evolve the player count for no reason right like if you're gonna evolve the player count do it because it plays incredibly well but well, battlefield like, i think was exactly yeah. that it was the basics of battlefield sandbox and it exploded and it had like eighty-seven thousand. they're down yeah. to uh thirteen thousand peak right yeah. now but that's still really good for an indie game that was made by three people like that would have been huge for a launch game for like the, yeah like three developers but mm -hmm. there we're now months after it's launched and it's still doing pretty well. And once if once they do like their 1.0 update, I'm sure a lot of people will return. If they keep updating it regularly, mm -hmm. people will come back. And like that's more players than Battlefield is on Steam. Not total because there's console and yeah, origin, yeah. but just on Steam alone, that's that's sizable. It's huge. And I was speaking with one of the devs and they said they they have the budget to basically work on it for another five years or more. So that's what they want to do. So can you Why imagine not? battle? Because it's not going to get graphically outdated. It's already the bottom yeah. of the food chain. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping they, they try to maybe spice up the Make graphics it look slightly. Yeah. I talked to them about adding in ambient occlusion, you know, uh -huh. just basic shadows to the game. <laughs> yeah, so. shadows. Because you would go, go in a hallway really in that and you can't really even tell far. the difference between the ceiling and the wall because right. there's no edge shadows, you yep. know? So it looks really bad. It looks horrible. But... Uh, they said they don't want to inject too much graphical parity. So if somebody can't run ambient occlusion, they don't want the person running it to either have an advantage or disadvantage. And I'm like, I can respect that, but still, yeah. yeah. Um, something that I wanted to do last episode, but we didn't do this episode was sort of recap a little bit of movies books tv stuff that maybe you've been watching people were asking about that and i we talked about that before we did the podcast thought it would be a nice little end cap maybe to an episode okay what you uh what you watching i'm Eden? not i mean i'm watching all the anime i'm just kidding i'm not uh well i've just been no not really uh i've been reading i've been reading yeah. a series called cradle it is about a boy uh, who in his cradle in his cradle right uh it's it's you know what a shonen is in anime nope oh god uh <laughs> shonen, it's naruto uh have you ever heard of that <laughs> yeah i know what naruto is uh dragon ball z is a shonen basically it's action right it's action geared towards kind of like a younger not younger okay. but yeah um so Where it's basically run with their arms backwards Yes. No, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. yeah no. Exactly. Okay. Uh, it's okay. it's a book. It's it's essentially a book shonen, and it's about a, a a boy who has no power in a world where everyone is overpowered, right? Hmm. And he, it's essentially him rising through the ranks, and they literally have ranks. They're they're literally called like different tiers, 
until he reaches the point where they basically become uh, gods. Um, that, yeah, it's it's fun. It's nonsense. It's a power fantasy. It's not high art, but I've been really enjoying it, and I'm on book eleven of twelve right now. So holy crap! They're quite short. Like the early books are only yeah. like 300, 400 pages. So it's it's a quick read. I've noticed that about the like the weird little niche or more niche genres. They just crank out books like it's nobody's business. I I started a long time ago when I read books, uh, got into the Honorverse, Honor Harrington books. Uh-huh. And I was like on book 11 before I was like, <laughs> what am I doing? I'm reading so many of these books. It's the same thing. I mean, yeah. they're good. I like them. But at the, they got me on 11 books. You know, I was into it. But yeah. It's wild. And then you're like, and then like some of the greatest or the most notorious books in fantasy or sci-fi are like two books, you know, or something right. like that. I mean, I've got serious like Dresden files and they're on book like 15 or something. It's, 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 it's nuts. But yeah. so I've been reading that. I've really been enjoying it, even though it's, it's reached, it's reaching its cap. There's going to be a big conclusion and it's, it's so like out there now in terms of power level, you know, are I they think... super Saiyan level where they're like oh, yeah. blown up planets? Oh, and even stuff? either even further than that now. What did, what's beyond blowing up planets? Uh, uh, universes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Oh like, like he's, So I'm not even kidding. The kid starts off with nothing. And I don't want to get into spoilers, but like he rises to the point where yeah. like power levels are just bonkers. Um, over 9,000? Uh, over At least over 9,000. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? You've been watching movies or something? Uh. Let's see. I tried to start. I wanted to talk about Ahsoka, but I hadn't had time to watch it. And I started to watch it last night and I was uh really tired and I fell asleep. Oh, no. And that wasn't indicative of the show being boring. It was you just tired. I don't know. Uh, We'll see. I'm going to give it another try. I've been very... Star Wars has mostly been misses for me. It has been quite a lot of misses for me, too. I really liked Andor. Andor I I feel like there's a giant division in the Star Wars fan base. There's people who just want like glowy lightsaber stuff and then people who want deep character writing and they seem to like hate each other's shows you know uh but i like andor i like the stuff that takes its time has really well-crafted worlds and like uh interesting narrative stuff complex characters i think andor is probably the best form of content we've gotten out of star wars in a very long time i think since the original trilogy i would agree i think it's the best thing that's come out since the original trilogy um, I wasn't quite getting that vibe from Ahsoka at the start, but mm. we'll see. Um, I did watch Star Wars Rebels, which is the animated show that seems to line up most with Ahsoka because the planet that they're on at the start. Yeah, I knew you liked like, that one. I, it, it's love hate for me because oh, okay. it's like all, right. all the, all the animated shows are like half written for adults and half written for children, but that's why I couldn't get into it. Yeah, it's hard because you'll just get an episode that's like very campy and lame and you're Mm -hmm. just like, man, fast forward, fast forward. This is lame. And then they'll have an episode that's great. That's got like really good like backstory and narrative stuff and like episodes where I'm like choking back tears, you know, and then other episodes where it's like it feels like an episode of Barney or something. You're just like, what is this? So there's nothing wrong with it being geared towards children. It's just I I tried the first couple episodes and I was just like, this isn't. Yeah, this isn't for me. And then people were like, "Oh, you just gotta wait until a couple more." Se-. I'm like, I don't want to have to watch seasons to get to the good part, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's been a big problem with a lot of the Star Wars lore. Is I I like the universe and the lore and everything that they build, 
but a lot of the writing and execution is really hard to watch. So yeah. I've kind of stayed up to date with a lot of it, but I also don't enjoy most of it. You know, there's like pockets of gold in there if you dig for it. Yep. And that's about it. I will say when it comes to sci-fi though, and that seems to be the theme of the year, sci-fi is just going nuts. Um, Star Trek Strange New Worlds is solid. I just finished season two. Really? And I've hated all the latest Star Trek shows. And I've hated Star Trek my entire life. Yeah, no. I loved Star Trek, uh, The Next Generation, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I started to fall off with Voyager, but I can can respect the show a bit. And then, but most of the newer stuff... uh, Discovery, I think, was the show before well, this. Didn't they or bring Picard. back Picard and all that? Were those pretty Picard too? was garbage. Oh, Discovery was garbage. I couldn't finish them. They're so bad. Mm. Um, but this one is I'm very much... I'm surprised there's so many. Yeah. I, the I'm surprised the was franchise just... has like stayed relevant for so long. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's such a, it is such a huge IP that it's like one of those things that they keep bringing back. It's just it's got a different director, different direction, different ideas behind it. And so you never know what you're going to get with each show. Mm -hmm. And the last two, at least, have been pretty bad. So I've just been they've been hard to watch. I I watched a couple episodes of them. And this one has a whole new crew. Is it like like new stories and stuff? Yes. The time period of the original series. So Kirk and Spock from the very old school show. Okay. Um. But it's following Captain Pike, but Spock is also a crew member, and it's got, like, young Ahura on it. Um, I think it's good. It's not like, it's I've not heard, like I've Game heard of good Thrones, things. like, where you're going to be talking about, did you see that episode? Oh, yeah. It's more serialized, but it's it's solid. It's like, if you liked the original Star Trek formula, this is very much, like, a tribute to that, and... I like it. I think it's solid. It's some of the best Star Trek content that's come out in a long nice. time. So yeah, I've never. I've I, I like Star Trek. I've just never really been in love with mm-hmm. it. So I've never. I never like seek it out. But maybe yeah. I'll have to give it a try. And I couldn't blame you, depending on what show you came into. Yeah. If you came, if you came <laughs> into Star Trek on the wrong show, you'd be like, "What are people talking about? This uh-huh. show is garbage." So, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's my recommendation. Um, have you watched any movies or anything? No, I've just been playing a lot of video games. Lots. Yeah. Lots You're, and lots you and of your games. Streamer lifestyle, man. I know. I know. Um, I'm kind of excited for the upcoming Rebel Moon. Have you read anything I saw about the trailer that? for it and I can't believe that's one movie. Mm-hmm. It like the amount of action and craziness and characters and it's like this is one movie and well, yeah. it's going to be split into two, but I think the trailer was just this first one and it looks I I <laughs> I love sci-fi. I love fantasy. And it looks like they're trying to create something new. And so I'm just got lightsabers. So, yeah, well, it wasn't actually supposed to be something new. It was supposed to be a star Wars movie at one point. He was, he was pitching it to Disney way back in the day. I think like 10 years ago or something. I actually thought it was a star Wars film when I saw the title. It was a star Wars film. Cause it's, Uh, cause it's, you know, rebel moon. I think I immediately think star Wars. I actually like that he didn't get approval from Disney because then Disney would have Disneyfied it, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're doing with a lot of the Star Wars stuff. Um, and now it's probably going to be more hardcore, more interesting. More, he, he'll probably have way more creative freedom. I think Zack Snyder, I was kind of on the fence with him as a director, but I think when given freedom to do what he wants, because he's done a lot of big franchise stuff, 
And you never know what's going on behind the scenes where they're like, sorry, you can't do that. You I enjoyed Justice League. Yeah, I, the, re- the remake the re- was really good. Mm-hmm. What was the the Snyder cut? This, Yeah, which is, I mean, it was a remake. It was Essentially, so different. I never yeah. saw the original because everyone okay. said it was awful. And then I saw yeah. his and I was like, this is, I mean, it's it's not high art. But no. it was fun, and I, yeah. I just I really enjoyed it. It was just a fun ride. It was a long one, but I enjoyed mm-hmm. that I was on it. Yeah, and I think if that movie's any indication of what Rebel Moon's like, but in a more of a Star Warsy environment, I'm like I'm game, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it seems fun. And uh, then finally watched Across the Spider Verse. Super good. If you haven't seen that, nope. Probably, I think those animated ones are like the best Star Wars. Films. I need, I need to They're watch. They're so good. Yeah, yeah. Watch the first and second one. Uh, they're just brilliant. I won't give anything away. There's only like, two, correct? Correct, but they're making a third. Of course. So, the second one sort of shows how it, it was always planned as a trilogy, but ah. like in a very brilliant way, where the first movie stands on its own. Mm-hmm. Great. And then the second one is like referencing all this stuff in the first one. You're like, what? They set up all this stuff. It's that's it's cool. really smart. That's, yeah, that's neat. Uh, it's nice. Super it's, good. it's fun to watch something that's been well thought out and well developed. Yeah, yeah. Where you're like, oh, this was like a good artistic, uncompromised artistic vision. You yeah. Know? As opposed to something that looks like it was designed by a committee. You yeah. know, or this is this is Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no hard feelings. Solid movie. If you like, if you're in the mood for a rom com, I don't watch rom. I'm a man. I'm a man level cap. No it's hard. Fe- as, I've never even heard of that. It's not a no traditional hard... rom com. It's not traditional. It's uh, oh, Jennifer, it has Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence on it. Oh, it's very funny. It's based on uh, a a real oh, Craigslist yeah, ad. No, I, I saw the trailer for that. It didn't look. It looked interesting. Yeah, I think it, it hits the notes. If you're in the mood for, it's not gonna like blow your mind because that's not what the movie's meant to do it's it's well, you said meant it's a to rom-com be. so yeah it's like a coming of age slash rom-com uh solid fun. i get i give it two thumbs up it's good <laughs> if you're in the mood for that my review two, two thumbs. thumbs two thumbs <clears throat> um yeah, yeah i haven't I, I wish i watched more i mean I, I guess i have to start watching other things and expanding my horizons other than just gaming i thought this was a gaming podcast level cap i wasn't prepared people wanted some movie and but hey you you covered us on the book side of things i did read some more books i don't think we're gonna get anything other than fantasy reviews from you though are we (laughs) yeah you're not really gonna get i mean maybe some science fiction here and there but yeah yeah, my foreseeable future is all i've got like five books lined up right now um stalker on your list Put it up there, man. It's okay. It's All right, good. I can get stalker. It's a short read too. It's quick. It's like okay. maybe a couple hundred pages. Is there is there a sequel or is it just like a one off? One off. One off. Super okay. interesting book because I think it was written in the Soviet Union as well, and so there's like a foreword about like from the author about what it was like writing a book in that sort of environment because mm-hmm. like stuff has to get like approved by the government wow it's, yeah it's wild stuff so you're reading it and you're like how did one of the greatest sci-fi books come out of this situation yeah but it's cool man okay it's, i'll uh, put that on my list yeah put that one on your list um all right i think we're good to wrap it up there some of the the final messaging for the podcast is that we will be doing this every wednesday and, Wait, uh, every Wednesday? Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. Every, it's going to be published every Wednesday, but uh, we do have a Patreon thing to help support what we're doing here uh, by Matimio, his uh, fantasy novels. Yes. And 
<laughs> I just, it's what I will spend my money on. I will be. I will be honest with you. That is where my money goes. Is fantasy. That's novels. where Matimi Esqueda the podcast is going. Is yeah. more fantasy novels. Yeah. And um, we got the Patreon. The link for it should be included in the video or on the different podcasting sites. Now we are slowly rolling out to the different podcast platforms. We should be on Spotify now and a few other ones. And Google is approving us. Maybe we're approved. I haven't checked in a day. Cool. And then uh, iTunes very soon as well. So we'll be in all your favorite podcast spots. And then um, people who do become Patreon members will get to join us for the live recording and a Q&A session after the podcast as well, which we will post to our Patreon members. So thank you guys so much for watching. Matt, closing words? Uh, nope. Thanks for watching and uh, take it easy. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. <laughs>